Hi, everyone. This is Greg H., and welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, Lee, who's in the studio today? So today we have Greg H. from Holyoke, Massachusetts. By the way, it's May 2nd, and he's here to share with us on the Daily Reflection for today, which is Lighting the Dark Past. Fantastic. Well, Greg, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we get started in the same way every day. We ask the guest if they would read the Daily Reflection for the day. Greg, can you get us started? Certainly. May 2nd, Lighting the Dark Past. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 124. No longer is my past an autobiography. It is a reference book to be taken down, opened, and shared. Today, as I report for duty, the most wonderful picture comes through. For though this day be dark, as some days must be, the stars will shine even brighter later. With my witness that they do shine will be called for in the very near future. All my past will this day be a part of me because it is the key, not the lock. How I love that. It's like such a beautiful promise. Thank you for reading that. And before we get started, what's your sobriety date, Greg? January 27th, 2019. Awesome. So as you read this, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Um, Well, it's the fifth month, so the fifth step. I certainly have stuff in my past that really haunted me for a long time that I kept secret. I kept it to myself. Through that, it it just really kind of ate away at me. I, I spent a lot of time alone with my regrets, with my shame, with the bad thoughts of, you know, stuff I had done in the past. I, January 27, 2019 is my sobriety date, but going back to 2005 would be my first kind of foray into recovery. And that involved uh, a court case. I, I had a situation where I wound up getting into trouble during a blackout. And to this day, I don't remember the details of it. Um, over the years, I've had flashes come back, whether that is my brain filling in some holes or if it's actually true memories coming back, I really have no idea. Yeah, I, I wound up in a situation where I couldn't believe what I was in trouble for. And I wound up 
entering into rehab on the suggestion of my lawyer. He suggested it because it would be a part of whatever punishment I received, and he felt it would be good to get out in front of it. And then he finished by saying, and quite frankly, I think you need it. So I went in and I spent a month in there. And honestly, I I don't think I ever really fully believed I was an alcoholic, even given the situation. I wasn't willing to kind of submit to the program to to give myself over. I still, I, I thought I had a drinking problem. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. And it's kind of that, that manageable, unmanageable part of the first step. Uh, I felt I could manage it if, if I just figured out the right way. So I, I wound up keeping sober for, well, maybe not even sober, dry, I guess, um, for a couple of years while I was on probation because uh, blowing into a breathalyzer was part of my probation. And uh, shortly after I was off probation, I wound up uh, starting to drink again. My, at that point, I kind of began to fight against the drinking. And I was still drinking, but it, it was still sort of, I had begun to manage it versus before when I would just throw myself into it with total abandon. I was sort of starting to fight against it. Um, and then fast forward, you know, about 13 years, uh, I came into AA for the first time. I was blacking out a lot again, and that brought a lot of fear back. The blackouts, every time I would black out, I would kind of flash back to the time before, and I would wake up to the, the police at my door and finding out something horrible had happened. And it, it was just, I was in this constant state of anxiety and fear because I would black out and it would stick with me for a long time of like, what happened? What did I do? And just kind of on edge about it. And so then I would start to drink because of the anxiety. I mean, ultimately I drank because I wanted to drink, but it all kind of fed into itself. Each facet sort of fed each other. And I wound up, I didn't, I didn't work a program while I was in. I didn't really understand AA. Uh, I had been to a handful of meetings while I was in rehab. We had meetings every day within the facility, but I had been to maybe 10 meetings outside of the rehab facility that they would bring us to once we went into the later stages of the program. And I just, I still didn't, 10 meetings isn't enough to understand uh, what this program is about. And at that point, I had made the mistake. I kind of figured basically if I went to three or four meetings a week and just kind of sat there and listened, I was good. That's what was going to keep me sober. And that absolutely was not and is not the case for me. I met a few guys during it, not through any of my own. I didn't ask for help. Some people could see I was new and started talking to me. For the most part, I I kind of pushed them away. I didn't want help. I I just, you know, I thought I could just sit there and listen and that would somehow keep me sober. I didn't hear hope in the meetings. All I heard was people's stories and 
I did a lot of uh, comparing. I heard a lot of stuff that, well, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I didn't do that sort of thing. And I didn't hear any of the stuff where I am like that. That is something I did do. And I didn't hear the end of people's stories. I mean, I, I heard them. I was sitting there, but I didn't hear, well, here's how my life turned around. Here's how things have gotten better for me. And I wound up after a few months, I wound up going out and drinking again. That lasted for about a year. And January 26th, uh, I wound up in a blackout again. I woke up with a stranger in my bed. I had my apartment look like a tornado had blown through it. There was just stuff everywhere, knocked off of every bureau, every, every, uh, off of my coffee table. And I had bruises all over me. And a little later in the day, the shaking and the vomiting started when the alcohol started to leave me. And I was just done. I, I, I was sick of living in fear. I was sick of not knowing what I had or hadn't done the night before. And I didn't want to live like that anymore. And the next day I went to, not my first AA meeting, but the first AA meeting of this period of recovery that I hope will be my last period of recovery. It's been a real game changer. I, um, I The first meeting, I knew by that point I needed to be held accountable, that I had tried everything. Uh, there's that part in the big book where they, they have the little list of, I tried taking a vacation, I tried not taking a vacation, all that stuff. And I could just kind of go down that and mark off all the different things I had tried doing on my own to try to manage my problem. I started that first meeting. I spoke with the greeter as soon as I walked in and I said, I need, I need a temporary sponsor. I still wasn't ready to go full on in. I, I was scared. Fear is a huge part of my makeup. And I was afraid of committing to it. I was afraid of what this would mean for my life. Uh, but he set me up with a guy and we began sort of not really working the steps, but he gently eased me into the process of AA and relating rather than comparing. He eventually introduced me to the man who has become my sponsor and we began working the steps. There was always a part of me that sort of held back. I would speak in a roundabout way about things from my past because of the fear that came with my association with it, the fear of being judged, the fear of people disliking me, people hating me because of my past. I did listen in meetings and I would hear other people who, you know, I spent X amount of years in prison and I came into the program, uh, whether I found it in prison or outside, and I've managed to turn my life around. And that's stuff that gave me hope. And still does when I hear it. I went through one, two, three, four at a fairly quick clip. When it came to five, it took me a while to steal myself for it. When I first started reading the steps when I came in, this was the first one that really, when I saw it and saw what it was, it, it really evoked a strong sense of fear in me. I finally became ready to tell someone about my past, my, my whole past, all the things I had done. It says, God, myself, and another person. And then in the 12 and 12, 
it says you can, in the fifth step of the 12 and 12, you can speak to a therapist, uh, your sponsor, or an absolute stranger, which I've always found kind of funny, just dumping all your crap on an absolute stranger at a bus stop or something like Forrest Gump. I decided to speak with my sponsor because my past was such a huge part of what I became and why I was in there. And I remember the day I did the fifth step and just kind of sitting there waiting to leave to go to his house and just thinking, okay, well, it was really nice working with this guy, uh, but that's all going to be over in a couple hours. Just that fear that he's going to be repulsed by uh, the things I had done. So I went and did the fifth step and I unloaded everything. We finished. And he kind of nodded his head and he said, well, clearly you've left nothing out. <laughs> and I hadn't. So he, he told me it was okay. He said, let me tell you about the stuff, some of the stuff I've done in my past. And some of the stuff he had done was some of the stuff, same stuff I had done. That's kind of, that was kind of my first sort of taste of what it's talking about in the daily reflection, that your dark past can serve to help others. And that really helped to know I'm not alone and to know I'm not going to be judged by at least one person. And to have one other person that I have shared everything with, that I, I can speak honestly and openly with about every part of my life and of my past. And it's something that helped me within the meetings themselves to begin to share my story more openly and honestly. It, it sort of broke down the, the barrier I had had uh, where I would talk, but it was still mostly surface stuff. I had a real hard time talking about what really was eating at me, uh, what what was really on my mind. Uh, there were certainly times when I had done it, but there was still a large part of me that was holding back. Especially at the beginning, I would hear people share about their lives and just, you know, drop these super emotional shares about things that was going on or things that happened in the past. And I couldn't grasp that somebody was doing that in such a public setting. That openness, that, that exposure was uncomfortable. It scared me. After this, I was able to begin to open up more in meetings and share more of myself. A month or two after the fifth step, I was speaking at a meeting and a friend of mine who was actually one of the guys who tried to reach out and help me during my first pass through AA, he happened to be the second speaker and I had sort of spoken about my past a little bit. I, I mean, obviously I speak about my past, but the part that had led me into rehab and it's emotional for me when I do talk about it. And we had a discussion after the meeting. He and I stood outside the church for half hour, hour maybe. And one of the things he said to me that uh, really resonated with me and, and has stuck with me throughout the last year plus since then is he was speaking about himself, but also in relation to me. I've done horrible things in my past, but that's not who I am now. I'm doing great things now, but that's also not who I am now. Who I am is 
a combination of the past and the present. And that's what makes me what I am and who I am now. And that's where, where I'm at. I've made some sort of peace with my past and the dark things I've done. Talking about it has taken a lot of the shame and a lot of the, the power it has had over me previously. And it has taken a lot of that power away. Um, and it's become easier to discuss it. I don't really tear up when I'm speaking about it anymore. I've kind of set the shame aside. Uh, shame is not a healthy emotion. I'm not sure how to expand upon that. I mean, I'm not sure it really needs expansion. Shame is just not a healthy emotion. It, it, it's harmful. Uh, it's harmful to me and it's harmful to those around me. I'm not opening myself up if I'm ashamed of myself and the things I've done. It's helped me get past a lot of that shame. It pops up every now and then, and I doubt it'll ever fully be gone, but I can handle it now, whereas before I couldn't. I can look at it through the lens of, again, going back to the reading, where I can share the stuff from my past, uh, whether it's speaking from the podium or whether it's just sharing within a speaker meeting. And I can share about that stuff. And there may be someone else out there who hears that. They hear that, they realize that's me. That's I did that too. Someone who is, isn't comparing that, they'll hear that. And that might be what gets them over the hump. That's kind of my part in it. Um, trying to help others through something as simple as just sharing. Well, Greg, that's powerful, and uh, I want to thank you for sharing so honestly. But I was told early on that guilt is about what you've done, and shame is when you feel like that's who you are. And you know that's clearly not the not the case in in you know in this case. So you know I want to thank you and, and honor your your effort to to come in and share your experience with with someone else. That's a, it's a great thing. And we do these things to help others and that's how we build esteem and we get to see actually who we really are. So I appreciate that. If you were to give a word of advice to someone who's maybe feeling the same thing that you felt, what would you tell them? I would say, find a way to talk about it with someone. If you keep going through working the steps, you're naturally going to come to it when you reach the fifth step. And when you do be thorough, be open, be honest, let it all out. It feels good. Finally have all that weight off of just myself. I think that's a large part of it is I just get it out there. Also, just reaching out in general takes weight off of myself. That That is really the best advice that I can imagine that you would offer. Like really for us to be willing to just let it all out to another human being is so freeing and really the only way that we can get to the true recovery we seek. And I just wanted to thank you for that advice. And thank you for showing up here today. Like Mike said, this is powerful and you're helping a lot of people. As we, as we wrap, is there anything, any final thing you want to be sure to say? I would say to anyone who's new, I mean, first of all, just keep coming to get a home group and to get a sponsor, to work with that sponsor diligently openly and honestly. That's great advice. Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for stepping up. 
Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for asking. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.